This is Motivated with Liberty. Hello, everyone. This is Liberty Bernal, and welcome to another episode of Motivated with Liberty. As promised, we have Brian Lambalot back on the podcast for part three of his surrogacy pregnancy amazing journey. And hi, Brian. Hi, Libby. It's so good <laughs> to be back. Yay. I'm so glad you're back. And I think we were really ambitious and we thought we would get this done like week after week, but <laughs> it's been a little spread out. But what's kind of cool is for anyone listening for the first time, you can go back and listen to part one and part two, and it's labeled and all that good stuff. But I do know that there are people following along with your journey and on you know your story and already through other social media and things like that. But what's really cool about podcasts as a platform is there's a lot more detail to it. And for you to have the opportunity to break it down, you know, into a story and now you have a little bit of hindsight, you know, mm-hmm. it's really cool to hear the whole thing. But because there's so much, really, it's taken three parts and everyone and definitely myself included really appreciates you sharing and being so open. No, I'm, we're so happy to share our story and, you know, our show, our story is, isn't done, you know, and we have so much to share. So I'm very excited to to kind of go over all of that with you guys. Awesome. So if you were curious as a listener and you're like, wait, what? I missed parts one and part two. Make sure you go back and listen. But part three is incredible. And Brian is now ready to share that. And Brian, I'm just going to let you take it from here. Um, We were, before we started recording, we were (laughs) talking about making (laughs) sure we know where part three should begin. So you know better than anyone where that should start. So why don't you continue from where we left off? Yeah, absolutely. I'll take the mic. Great. Um, take that mic. <laughs> <laughs> so as, as we've talked about in part one and part two, our journey originally started in June of 2020. So now we are now um, for part three to start. We are now May of 2021 is when we officially matched with um, our surrogate. And to recap quickly, we've had, two other circuits that we've matched and lost. And so we've already been, you know, bruised and our guards are up Mm -hmm. and we, we gave it, you know, that third times the charm mentality. And luckily, you know, everything worked out so well. She passed her psych evaluation. She and her husband actually passed their psych evaluations. Both of them got their blood tests and all that stuff done to make sure that everything was great there. Um, And we were so excited. We actually met them the same day, pardon me, same day, um, she, they got all of their test results back because they were down here in San Diego at um, La Jolla IVF, which is our IVF office um, that we selected for this journey. And we met them in La Jolla, in La Jolla Cove, beautiful spot. And we had lunch Perfect. Mm-hmm. Oh, mm-hmm. Good. At, at a sushi place that we had never been. And the lunch lasted, Libby, uh, uh, <laughs> like four to five hours. It was a wow. very long, intimate, um, fun um, experience just because we were so excited and we were getting to know not only our surrogate, but also her husband, um, and really just planning out, you know, the next, the next steps and, and what we, um, thought we would be experiencing, but as 
if mm-hmm. I could kind of stop you right there, and th- that's what you were looking for. I know there might be people who say, oh, we don't want an intimate relationship with our surrogate, right? Like, it's a choice. Yes, absolutely. And something that's part of why you matched. Yeah, was... and that's, that was something that was super important yeah. to us, as well as her, um, her first surrogacy journey, because she had done this once before. Um, the um, intended parent, um, he's a single dad, um, lived up in a Bay Area, and so he wasn't able to be um, at all the appointments and to visit her, you know, as often as maybe she would have liked or he would have liked. Um, and so we were able to, you know, talk through that with her. And we both sides came up with the conclusion that we wanted to have um, not only just this business transaction that was going on, but also a friendship and a bond that we could um, grow um, over the course of this journey. Right. Good. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. And I, I, I've known other people who've had a surrogate and I remember it being the opposite, you know, so it's actually really neat to hear that's something that the agency considers very carefully. That's something that's discussed, mm-hmm. you know, like it's just, I think that was something I really wondered about before I had met anyone who had gone through surrogacy, mm-hmm. um, how, you know, how, how does that work? And so yeah. it's a choice. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, um, from there, we kind of just took it day by day and eventually got to know each other more and more. And Mm -hmm. Chris and I, like I said, went to um, went to and still are going to a lot of the big major appointments um, up in the L.A. area. That's where she lives. That's where our hospital is. um, Her OB is. Um, so the driving is obviously um, further than than preferred, but you know it's so worth it because we want to be able to support her and to obviously watch um, and be present for that journey as we get to see the babies grow and grow. Yeah. Um, so after we matched in May, we had to obviously start with all the contracts and legal paperwork with both sides of the attorneys, making sure that all the finances were in order, um, all of that. So once that was done, and we wrote that big fat check <laughs> or oh. one of many big fat checks. Yeah. Um, all of that was, excuse me, I have like a frog in my throat. That's okay. <clears throat> um, all of that was taken care of. And then um, from there, she started all of her um, hormone um, injections and, and routines that she had to do either at home or that she did, you know, um, in the comfort of um, the office at her OB. So once all of that stuff started happening, we had, it, it happened over the course of about, of about 30 days to kind of, Um, get her prepped and ready for implantation. Um, And if you guys recall, we were shooting for twins. So we already had all of our embryos, um, viable embryos stored away at our IVF office in La Jolla. um, Mm -hmm. And they were just, you know, waiting to be picked. And so once they were, um, once she was, I'm sorry, once she was ready um, to, to do the implantation, to do the embryo transfer, that's when we got back in touch with our IVF doctor um, and we reconfirmed, you know, we are going for twins. We want, we would love to have um, one of each if possible. And we already knew the grades of both of our embryos. And so our doctor made the executive choice to choose um, a strong embryo that happened to be um, a boy on my side and a strong embryo on Chris's side that happened to be a girl, just because none of my embryos, as I had previously mentioned, included girls that were strong enough for mm-hmm. a transfer um, and obviously to, to survive a thawing. That was something that we didn't even think of. I was like, oh yeah, they're frozen. They have to survive the thaw. Yeah. To then, so <laughs> to then... amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just so amazing. It's crazy. And then to then be, you know, strong enough to, to, to survive a transfer and and to stick Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. So I remember the day we were in, we were actually at Chris's lab in the office. 
um, door closed. We're on um, FaceTime with our surrogate. She's sitting down in um, the room where the embryo transfer was, was, was taking place. We got to meet um, nurse Megan and we saw Dr. Smotrick and we saw a couple other people that were helping with the whole procedure. And I remember we were all nervous, but we were so excited and this procedure actually was very fast. The technology these days is just so crazy. Mm. Um, and so the, the procedure happened and Dr. Smotrick was at least able to confirm that it was, tra- everything was transferred successfully, which was awesome. Yeah. Didn't necessarily guarantee the pregnancy. Right. Um, and if Chris was with me, I know he would give me the exact percentages, but I'm going to kind of <laughs> remember off the top of my head. If you're doing a, a, a double embryo transfer, the first um, egg that is uh, embryo that is transferred has about a 75, I believe to 80% chance of taking. And mm-hmm. a second one has about a, I think it was like a 55 to 60% chance of taking. So okay. the second one definitely has a significant lower percentage, but in, in um, embryo transfers, that's still a very, very high success rate, especially for um, the, our, our IVF doctor. He's been around for a long time, has a great, um, uh, has loads of experience um, and success rates with um, his transfers. So we felt very, very confident that it would happen. Um, unfortunately, we had to wait a two-week period or roughly a two-week period to find out if we were pregnant. Yeah. Um, so a I two remember- two-week wait. For, that's, for two weeks. That's the way, was... yeah, every pregnancy, like yeah. kind of your conventional pregnancy, that's the, the big waiting period that's like torturous, right? Yes, yes. And if I remember <laughs> oh. correctly- by the time the embryo is transferred inside of our surrogate, the embryo technically is already about, oh gosh, I want to say it's like four, maybe five weeks along. So technically it's, it's not starting from the very beginning that they're already at, um, you know, four to five weeks old mm-hmm. when the transfer takes place. So by the time we get the, the pregnancy test result two weeks later, I believe it was around that six to maybe seven week marker at that point in time. Um, mm-hmm. And so I accompanied our surrogate at um, a monitoring clinic that was closer to where she lived. And that whole team, Dr. Lee and his team were phenomenal. And the first um, appointment we had was to check her HCG levels. And that was to be able to check um, the, uh, the percentages of, oh, I'm not going to get this correct, but it's uh, the levels are to be able to show um, are the are the levels increasing to kind of showcase yeah. it, um, that the pregnancy took um, and is doing well? And they say normally the first time they take the a person takes their first HCG test, they want anything over eighty to one hundred. They say anything around that number is usually showing you know a positive will, will most likely show a positive result because it's 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 increasing the direction that it needs to go. And us having twins will usually show a higher percentage if both of them took. Now, Libby, when we went and we got these results, uh, we were flabbergasted because the numbers that came back were into the thousands. And um, it was so crazy because we were thinking like, like this is our first time, like maybe she'll have 500, maybe she'll have 600 to be exact. It was like 3,340 oh, something. Best news. It best was news. crazy. Oh. And our, our monitoring doctor and the IVF doctor said, we still can't guarantee that it's twins, but, but <laughs> they're those like levels. these numbers and these levels are really <laughs> showing that it's going in that direction. Yeah. Um, and then a couple days later, she took um, another HCG test. And those numbers were like over 12,000. Like it had more than doubled, which was just so, so, so crazy. Yeah. Um, And so the transfer happened originally on July 15th. And on July 30th, 
we got the call from our IVF doctor that is indeed pregnant, which was Aww. so, so exciting. Um, <laughs> I'm getting actually a little emotional just kind of thinking about it again. Um, <laughs> just hearing those words saying that she is pregnant, that yes. they do believe both of them um, took, but we won't know for sure because that takes a little bit longer. I think it was maybe a few more weeks that we had to wait. Um, and that was by that point, we were then in middle of August of 2021. And we went back to the monitoring clinic. And that's when um, our monitoring doctor was saying, okay, we're going to go in via ultrasound and we're going to look and we're going to see if we can find both embryos. And if we can find both of them, um, then he can confirm if both of them survived and are now obviously growing. In. So yes, yeah, so we had to go back um, a few weeks later in the middle of August to determine if both of the embryos had made it. And without hesitation, he opens, or not opens, but he starts the ultrasound. <laughs> he completely, because they see so many patients every day. So they have to kind of remind themselves. And they're like, you, do we put in yeah, two? Are like, you guys having twins? Mm-hmm. Right. And we're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And immediately without any hesitation, he's like, yep, they both took. And both Chris and I are like, ah. what? <laughs> like, he's like, yep, they both took. And it was just I, I, I loved it. I think I even said it because we were recording, you know, that moment for, for the two of us to, to share later down the line, just for us and with family. Yeah. But it was so fast. We were like, holy smokes, without us, you know, <laughs> without a beat, you know, he just, bam, yep, you got both, which I really appreciated <laughs> yes. him not beating around the bush, which was so nice. Yeah. So you want to hear it right away. Like you're there. That's mm-hmm. what you're there for. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So at that point we were, we celebrated, we were so excited. We would, I think we went out to lunch with, with our surrogate. And then um, from there, we continued to, to visit the monitoring, monitoring doctor for um, qu- quite a few months um, and got to see the development of the embryos turning into fetuses, turning into like you know, little, (laughs) little humans. And then after so much time had passed, um, our surrogate was released from the monitoring doctor. And then from there started going to her OB where she, which is where she's been going for all of her previous pregnancies, as well as for her first um, surrogacy journey. Um, And again, like I mentioned, Dr. Lee and his, his entire team were just phenomenal. Um, And it was really sad to leave because they, they took such good care of us, but we knew Mm -hmm. that the next step now was to be like, okay, we're now with the OB. And I want to say she started going to her OB around September. Okay. Um, uh, Maybe even October. So like from August through September, early October was with the monitoring clinic. And then from there um, we we've been with her OB Um, and the twins uh, have continued to grow so, so well. Um, we eventually started getting um, appointments with our surrogate's high-risk doctor because the fact that there are twins, there can sometimes be more complications with development and growth and all of those things. So they wanted to keep a better eye on that whole scope. So over the course of you know the next several months, we we would we would drive up to um, LA and and meet with our surrogate at, at, either at her OB's office or at the high-risk doctor, and we would continue getting you know development updates. The, the technology that these guys have these did that, that, that these teams have these days is just so phenomenal because I we have a lot of friends and family who've had kids in the past who said oh my god like these ultrasounds that we had back then were like chalkboards <laughs> you know they're <laughs> yes. not, not real not very good and these days the technology is so advanced the detail liberty is just crazy um I'm gonna add this because I know because we are so close I did ask you to come to one of our first appointments (laughs) with our high-risk doctor 
And we all got to see our son and our daughter on the ultrasound. And it was just a beautiful, beautiful thing. And um, seeing them in 3D, too, to see all the details on their their faces. Brian, that used to be something you'd have to go to, like, a special place and pay an extra, like, gazillion dollars to go see. (laughs) So I remember, because Gracie, you know, it was nine years ago. She's eight that I was going through that. Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was just, no, you get your you know, anatomy ultrasound Uh uh here and there, but we, you know, to see Gracie in 3d was such a special thing. And now to see that technology, like you said, that's just part of it, like flip a switch, there's 3d, you know, and the ultrasound detail. And it was incredible. It's, it's so crazy (laughs) because for the longest time, like we just talk about, you know, the little ones and we see them on the normal ultrasound, but then to see like the 3d images of their faces and their hands and their little noses and feet and all of that, it's, it's makes it that much more real. And then as they've Mm -hmm. developed more and more, um, you just start to kind of point out like, Oh my God, they have, our daughter has the little butt chin like Chris has, you know, oh. and the chubby cheeks on our son that I had when I was a baby. So it's 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 so sweet and surreal all at the surreal, same time. For sure, for sure. And now it's so crazy as we're talking. I'm almost glad we let a few weeks go between each of your parts of this podcast because now you're past the point where there would be, you know, major complications if they were to arrive early, right? Uh, like, yes, we, I, I believe right. that number is technically is right around 30 weeks. And that for us was just a couple weeks ago. So we oh. just, uh, I know we just hit 32 <laughs> weeks on Saturday. So just a couple days ago, mm-hmm. um, and our surrogate is scheduled for her C-section at 37 weeks. So that's literally in four and a half weeks from uh, four weeks and a day from now and they're growing really well right really well so when we first when we first started going to the high-risk doctor he was able to like let us know their weight and in the beginning they were both like right around you know two pounds and then it was like three pounds and then it was four pounds and we're like holy moly like these twins are growing so well like it seemed like almost every three weeks they were gaining another pound today actually we went in for i feel might be our last high risk appointment just because we are getting so close to mm-hmm. the, the due date should she not um, deliver sooner. Um, but they are just under five pounds, Liberty. Oh my gosh. It's so, so crazy. Our, and for twins, the percent, their percentiles are so high. They said, technically, I mean, that's if- so high, Brian. Like today I was telling Ryan about how well they're doing and he was like how much did gracie weigh and i said well like not even seven pounds she was six pounds 14 ounces she was an (laughs) only baby and she went all the way over 40 weeks so those babies are big yeah yeah so good it's 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 so good but we also are you know, sensitive um, yes. and aware to uh, for our circuit because she's, yes. I think she's like 4'11". And she's so <laughs> tiny. To have two, you know, almost oh five God. pound babies plus the placenta plus the water weight, all yes. of that. Like wow. she has over 10, maybe 11 pounds of weight inside of her, you know, and that's, that's so much, but she's such a trooper. She wow. is our, I like to call her our little rock star. She's small but <laughs> mighty. Um, yeah. And she has just done a wonderful job, you know, helping us, you know, you know, watch over the babies because obviously, you know, we don't all live together. She lives in LA. We live here in San Diego. And, you know, uh, what touched me last time is she said, you know, I know this is a job, but, you know, I also do it for more than just, you know, the money or more than just, um, 
it coming from a job point of view, like this is a yeah. journey that I take so personally and it's so important to me. And I look at these kids almost as my own, as far as, you know, taking c- good care of myself and making sure, you know, especially with current times with COVID that I stay safe and mask up and she's gotten vaccinated and all of this stuff. So she's, yeah. she's been so wonderful and um, we really, really do appreciate her. And it was really great to see her today and just to see how big the belly's gotten. And oh. we, we, we were joking saying, I think the next time we see you is you're going to be in a hospital gown. <laughs> I mean, it's <laughs> you know? possible for sure. Mm-hmm. And the best it's, it has turned out, Brian. I mean, I know early on it was the opposite of best case scenario and going through not one, but two surrogates before your current one and but now it's like meant to be right they couldn't be healthier and in in utero you know you have a wonderful surrogate you know of course like it's a journey yes (laughs) um I try not to overuse that word but really we just have to say it is a journey but I am just so happy and I know everyone listening is so happy to hear (laughs) how it's all gone and you're so close to them being here and holding your babies and you're in the nursery right now, right? I am. I was going to say that I was like, I, for the, for part three of this podcast, it's like our nursery is almost done. And it's the cutest nursery in the world. It's so freaking adorable. (laughs) And it's like I said, it's almost finished. And I was like, I have to be in here. I love, this is actually my, my, my new favorite room of the house. Um, I'm in here almost every day, just doing more little by little stuff, getting it ready for them to come home. Granted, we know that when they do come home from the hospital, they'll be in our room in the bassinets, but just to be have, to have this be that safe, warm space for them when yeah. they do come home. And you I'm have just the really glider mm-hmm. and be sitting in there just at night, even if they don't sleep in the cribs, Yeah, it'll be the spot. You it'll know, be the little you're... spot. Yeah. Oh my uh, gosh. It's amazing. It. Amazing. We're going to have to have like part four or five, six, seven, yeah. nine, nine, <laughs> like just follow their little lives with Absolutely. you. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I would well, love that. Is there, I mean, I was thinking before we got on to record, you know, if you had, there's probably a million pieces of advice, but you know, in your wise, you've learned <laughs> so much over this last you know, more than a year. My gosh, right? Like two years, I feel like. Yeah. Um, you know, what piece of advice would you give someone who's considering surrogacy? They're, they may have someone in their lives that they want to support through it. Like what, if you could sum it up, I know that's hard, but what would you say to someone? If it was someone who was considering of, you know, considering doing surrogacy to help expand their family, I would say, you know, just know that it, it's it, it's a, it's going to be a very no. Let me start over on that. Let's see. If someone was wanting to to go down the path of doing a surrogacy journey, I would say take your time with it. It's a huge decision. Mm-hmm. Um, do the research. I know there's not a whole lot of resources out there, but do some research on if you're wherever you happen to live. If if first and foremost, if your state even allows it, because I know there's some states in this country, unfortunately, that are behind the times that don't allow um, surrogacy. But that if your blows state, my mind. I know it completely blows my mind. It's That's ridiculous. Crazy. But if 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 it does, to research some local surrogacy agencies, and you know, with no obligation to reach out to them to say, hey, like we're considering this. We're not. We're we don't know all the ins and outs. How does it work? 
because every agency is different, but all of them offer a, a number of services, whether it's, you know, egg donors plus surrogates plus um, IVF, you know, um, services, all those types of things. Um, and really just enjoy every moment, no matter the, the po- no matter if they're positive or if they're negative. Like I've said it before, we have had a very emotional roller coaster experience with a lot of ups and downs. And obviously, yes, in those moments when it was down, it was hard. But now looking back, because we've gotten past those moments, I wouldn't change our experience, really. I, re- I really wouldn't, because everything that we've been through has really made us become the, the parents that we're going to be once these little ones come. And it makes us appreciate and mm-hmm. cherish uh, how we were able to bring them into this world. Um, and that it wasn't just this easy peasy way of, of making it all happen. Um, Cause yeah. you definitely appreciate it a lot more um, going through um, a lot of different hurdles, but no, no journey is the same. Everyone's is different. Um, and um, just, just get ready for, for a wild ride. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> always. Well, I know that people listening will want to make sure they follow you on Instagram and TikTok. <laughs> so I always want to make sure that we have those right. So it's Brian and Chris is your TikTok, right? Yes. Okay. Brian, Brian with a Y. <laughs> Brian with a Y. It's Brian and Chris. And then your Instagram has dots in it. Yeah. And it's just <laughs> Brian and Chris. Um, with the d- periods in between periods each word. In between. Perfect. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you have so much, so much to share. There's so much great content there. I mean, especially lately with the nursery. I love mm-hmm. it. I mean, you have so many people just rooting for you and loving you. And it's so cool that the next chapter is the babies are here. Uh, Chris <laughs> likes to say it's the next volume. It's pretty much oh, like a whole go. new volume. Oh, yeah. Like this volume, sure, of, volume of dinks have closed. <laughs> And we will now be parents. So I don't know yeah. what, what is that. Um, I don't know what acronym there is, but yeah, as parents, it'll be our, our next volume of our lives. So it's yes. really it's crazy. The best, best, best. And you, you know, obviously wanted it so much. And we're all here for you, just like you've been there for everyone and sharing. So thank you so much, Brian. Of course. I'm always happy to come back. It's always great catching up with you and yes. just talking about this journey everything just kind of brings back all the feels and the memories and I'm so happy to share it with you guys well we love it and appreciate it and of course once those babies are here the next (laughs) podcast I want you to be holding them in your arms and even if they start crying it's okay because we'll think it's really cute you might not but (laughs) I will do my very best (laughs) thank you so so much So as you likely know, this is Motivated with Liberty and Brian Lambalot. Thank you. And to Chris, your hubby for just everything. Sharing is the most amazing thing I think we can give each other as humans, just sharing and connecting. And um, it's so special and beautiful. So until next time, everyone, I think Brian is the perfect example of let's do this. You did it. (laughs) (laughs) you accomplished it and we can't wait to hear the birth story and everything else so oh oh, that's next (laughs) all right have a wonderful day or night whenever you might be listening to this and much more soon take care everyone
This has been another episode of Motivated with Liberty. For even more inspiration and motivation, join me on Instagram at Liberty Bernal Fitness.